What's up, y'all? Uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, CLWT Squared. Uh, Can't live with them. Can't live without them. Yeah. Uh, same duo. Uh, hopefully, for the next episode, we can get a, a tertiary individual. Uh, a third make person to make it a trifecta. Because conversations are fun with two people, but surprisingly they're hilarious when you get like three or four, especially people who disagree. Okay. So you got you got to find someone who really loves the extended universe. Like, or someone who just hates Marvel. That's tough. I know. So just in case you guys were wondering, uh, in the last episode we discussed, uh, we talked about... Um, the DC Cinematic Universe in all of its... Glory. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, their number was 62% of their villains were quality villains. Only 62. So over 50%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was better than I expected when we were originally tallying it up. I was just like, this is going to be pretty bad. This is going to be really and bad. Then, and then I realized a lot of the villains don't weren't super bad it was the plot around them that failed them yeah so that number didn't surprise me too much uh this one is the best of the bunch yeah the marvel cinematic universe yeah uh and the marvel extended universe which includes like fox sony that one's the uh, that one's the that worst one's the of shoot. the bunch yeah that's the poop shoot and i think it's i think it's what is it 50 50 something i think is what it is let me see real quick 53 percent yeah. Of the uh, villains in the uh, Marvel Extended Universe. It's, it's slightly better than a coin flip, whether or not you're going to get something. Whether, yeah, <laughs> that's actually really true. Right? <laughs> you could flip a coin when you walk into a movie that's done by anyone other than Marvel or DC, and it's a 50-50 split whether you're going to get it. Almost 80% of the MCU's villains are good. So right. we're going to dive into that now. Um, we're going to go in order of the cinematic universe, starting, of course, with uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s escapade in Iron Man 1. Oh, man. Memories. Yeah, this this is a chance to kind of go down memory lane. We're, we're entering the precipice of what would be everything that Kevin Feige is kind of built up to uh, with Infinity War coming in, in uh, uh, 2018. Uh, we only have two more movies left until that movie. Uh, Black Panther and Thor. Uh, Thor. If you don't count Spider-Man. Uh, if you don't Spider-Man. count Spider-Man, because even oh, though it's going to be... Guardians. And Guardians. Okay, so we have four Three. movies up until that point. Uh, I thought it was two, and then... No, no, I guess you're right. Yeah, because Guardians is in May, and uh, Thor is in... Is in... March? No, it's... November? Okay. Where's Thor in March? I thought... Guardians was in March, Thor was in June, and Black Panther was in November. Not, uh, <laughs> uh, hard, May 5th is Guardians, I remember that. Uh, I think Spider-Man's in June. Okay. So we're getting four right. movies next year? The world may yeah, 2018. There you go. Okay. So it's the same year. So that will be either before, so it'll be the same year, but there's a chance it could be before. Uh, June 6th is the date they have set for that. Um, so four movies. So we're actually still a ways away. We still yeah. got a little bit left. I don't know why there's that much build-up. We've kind of been building up for a while. It feels like we're getting there. but It's it's a long journey to get to... I mean, what, we saw Thanos for the first time in 2007? Uh, yeah, yeah. In event, No, it wasn't 2007. It was 2010. First time we saw Thanos... Was, was at, the end of Avengers. at the end of Avengers in 2010, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the first time you saw Josh Brolin Thanos was Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, where he actually said something. Where he actually like you saw full body, right? Thanos, full body Thanos, just the one that were unapologetically, unapologetically Thanos. Thanos, right? In the chair, Purple Man. For those of you who've watched the Thor, uh, little short cabbage chin. The, the, there's a Purple Man, and he likes. To sit. <laughs> Why is he sitting? Why is he sitting? <laughs> For those of you who have the Civil War Extended uh, right. Edition. Anyway, so we're going to be starting with Iron Man. But this is going to be nice to go down memory lane and kind of go through everything. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, Tech Times has an article that has uh, the entire MCU uh, 
uh, and extended, meaning TV shows and Netflix shows, uh, in chronological order, the way they're supposed to be written, or the way they're supposed to be watched, and that's on TechTimes.com. There you go. Uh, so you can so you can uh, you can check that out. Iron Man One. We start off course. I start of course with Jeff Bridges and Obadiah Stane. Uh, so what do we say? The taking taking the actor out of it. You know, like we're not going to lean knees in this. Like I love Jeff Bridges. Um, I think we said he goes back and forth. He does. Because um, early Obadiah Stane villain, I Ugh. was great. Like his motivation was just. It was clear. Like, yeah. he's just a greedy, he's a greedy dude. I, I built this company. Right. Not you. Your name's on it, but I'm the one who's done the work. Right? This is, this is me. This is, this is what I've worked towards. This is my money. This is my company. Uh, while you're going around partying, I'm the one running everything. Yeah. Uh, Great. Uh, and I really love that part. And then it just kind of devolved into cliche uh, I have a super suit, you have a super suit, let's fight. Yeah. Ultimately, like, that's the thing. For most of the, the film, he's trying to get the arc reactor technology. I love that line. It's like, can't, we can't miniaturize this. It was like, Tony Stark did it in a cave. Yeah. It was like, nothing. not Tony Stark. And then he realizes, oh my god, you're right. We're not, so I'm just going to take it. Right. Um, which again, great motivation. Great plot. But then ultimately, he just puts it in another suit. Right, and then they just fight it out. Um, like, now if he had hit it and been like, oh, you survived, that's cool, well, I'm going to take the other one and sell it to some country and make billions and then just go to some place where they don't have an extradition. But, uh, yeah, but I think that's where the waste of putting the ten rings at the beginning is is the problem. Uh, because you had ten rings at the beginning. You had uh, the same guy who was in, um, uh, he's been in a couple movies. Well, I, I know him as the captain that died in, uh, in Star Trek. In Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so he, he and Chris Hemsworth have been in, in Star Trek in and they both died. Universes and, they, uh... and they both died. Um, but no, like that's where I think bringing them in where Obadiah, Obadiah Stane just goes, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to go sell this to the highest bidder. I am I am the Iron Mon if you're Iron Man, I'm the warmonger. I'm the one who perpetuates war. Right. And now you're gonna have to deal with these guys to get to me. He doesn't feel like someone who just is gonna do his own dirty work. And hop in a super suit and start fighting. And start fighting. Um if they they could have set that up. Like I think that was doable, and that's where I think like he started really strong and then he just goes start with powers. Because as soon as he gets the super suit it just becomes uh I can I punch you harder than you can punch me? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, so there you go. So first one, again, we don't want to, we're not trying to like insult characters. That's why we have this trans. Now he's the only one in the transfer window. He's the, true. he's the only one who's gone in some direction. <laughs> either you start off, either you go good or you go, uh, so. yeah, either way, but you're starting somewhere. Uh, so there you go. Iron Man. Uh, this, of course, brings us to the movie that people forget is actually a part of the MCU, which is uh, The Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Uh, and it's only because Ed Norton is the Hulk. I, I firmly believe people forget this movie because Ed, Ed Norton, Norton is the Hulk. There's no other reason. It's just a digital uh, overlay 13 going on 30 uh, scenes over, so it looks like Mark Ruffalo's in the movie. That would go well. I'm telling you, man, um, I think his solo movie would be pretty good. Yeah, it's no no solo Hulk has done well. So, um, so that one's villain. Uh, I mean, we never put him up here, but I guess you could argue that Thunderbolt Ross is partially the villain. Um, well, I think we landed on a concept where Thunderbolt Ross was an over. He's played monster. he's played like a sub villain in two movies. But it's a villain, nonetheless. He just plays it in different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the sub-villain in, in The Incredible Hulk, and he's a sub-villain in Civil War. Yeah, so it's it's tough. Um, he's good. I would put him as a... Like, if there was another subsection, like quality sub-villain, <laughs> I would put in... Uh, like Emmys. <laughs> Qua yeah. The Oscars. It was like, and yeah. the best supporting villain goes The best to. supporting villain... I would, I best, would too. 
<laughs> best, best extra villain? Because sub-villain would be like, best supporting villain would be like Scarecrow from the Batman Begins. And that would have been, uh, we're going to beat you to death with the uh, shitty award. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the true main bad guy uh, in that movie is the Abomination. Played by uh, Tim Roth, yeah. Um, I Tim Roth, I felt like I liked him, uh, and I liked the early parts of it. But again, as soon as he got powers, and as soon as he became the villain, he just become it just became a who can punch harder game, which admittedly in a Hulk movie, that's kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but he just came off again as a fucktard with powers. Like, I think the issue with the abomination is the fact that you're right. Like the character that Tim Roth played was good. I remember one of the, one of the moments and his entire motivation. And we talked about this was I, I'm not what I used to be. Right. I'm getting older. Therefore I cannot fight or be the soldier that I want to be. And if it means becoming whatever that thing is, then I can do that. If I can take the super soldier serum and become a, the greatest soldier. The problem is he became the abomination. the abomination. So it's weird because I want to put him in the fucktard with powers, but I also want to put him in the, the fucktard with powers and that's okay. Because he ultimately became the ugliness of his obsession and so, like, he, he... I think you're giving a lot of credit. To I, I am giving him a lot of credit. It's not that I'm not. It's just, like, I I enjoyed the human form of the abomination. I love Tim Roth. Like, that guy could... Uh, um, tell me to go myself, and I'd just be like, I just liked hearing you say that. Yeah. It was delivered eloquently and beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, so... I don't know. So I would go, yeah, kind of near the end. It's also acceptable because Hulk is a beat him up villain. Yeah. So pretty much everybody he fights. Every, everybody he fights is going to be who gonna, punches harder. Yeah, who punches harder? Can you punch harder than I can? No? Okay, cool. I'm just going to fucking win. But that's kind of the Hulk, every Hulk. Because it's like, I can punch harder than anybody. Yeah. So, like, I'm pretty like sure it, Ragnarok is just going to evolve into him just being like, I can punch harder. I can punch harder than anybody. And so that's the thing. Like, is it acceptable? For Abomination to become that I can punch harder villain. But then their score goes up. That is true. Like if he becomes an acceptable villain, they're the borderline score. eighty. Yeah. So I mean, well, let's just say they're clo- they're like borderline eighty, kind of like. Uh, so let's say he's a borderline fucktard. Borderline fucktard. Okay. Right? So they are borderline eighty. Borderline eighty because of Abomination is borderline. Is a fuck-tard. borderline fucktard. Okay. So. Full uh, fucktard, not fucktard acceptable. Ir- ironically, if we're going by order of the films, this would then bring us to Iron Man 2 before we got to Thor and Captain America the First Avenger. Um, yep. Which is interesting, because Iron Man 2, this is this is when we get into, like, really odd decisions for villains. Right? Uh-huh. Um, okay. So... Uh, the main villain, again, best supporting villain, I guess, would be Hammer. Uh, Justin Hammer. Uh, again, <laughs> love that guy. Sam Rockwell. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I, yeah. He was funny. He, but... is No. He's an intentional idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, how can an intentional idiot get make a Fortune 500 weapons manufacturing company? Or maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Almost went super political with that one. Seriously. A 1.5 million loan from his father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Uh, All the conservative friends who are listening just went away. So there's that. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Checkbox. And, Check- um, <laughs> so uh, so we'll, we'll ignore Hammer. Because, um, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't really anything. I mean, it, he, his motivations he got played. made sense. Yeah. He, what, what he was doing. Um but Whiplash, uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Uh, sad, sadly, he was—he's kind of in the same boat. He was. This, his motivation kind of made sense. 
Uh, they didn't go into it enough, but everything he did, he just became... He was just designed in that plot to be an element for Tony to wear the suit um, yeah. as a point of conflict. And the movie wasn't about the fight with Whiplash. It was about Tony Stark getting to an getting to a place where he needed to be. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what all the Iron Man movies are, which is why I think it's really underscored, is that uh, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Like, Iron Man is nothing without Tony Stark. Um, I think and that gets into the, the, the... For people who try to compare and grade the trilogies that Marvel has done, the underlying value to, to the Iron Man trilogy is the fact that it emphasizes this idea that Tony is not... In, in a way that Avengers tried to get you to feel for Hawkeye and Black Widow because they are humans and not heroes. And they had no independent movies. It, yeah, it's twice, as, it's twice as impactful because Tony is a, is a damaged person. That, I think, is one of the points of, even though people don't like Iron Man 3, that's the point of Iron Man 3, yep. is to establish that Tony is a broken man. And what Iron Man represents is just as important to him as it is to the people that look to him. Um, all of that wishy-washy stuff aside, I agree, Whiplash, Whiplash is almost, a, you, you say this a lot with Dragon Ball Z. That every every villain or every situation is always directly proportional to what Tony Stark needs in order to get to the next level. Yeah, um, and the the Harry Potter effect, right? The your ability, a villain's ability is directly proportional to your ability to attain a level to defeat them. Yeah. So, uh, Dragon Ball Z, the power level that they can reach, like if later villains had shown up earlier, they all would have been done. Uh, Whiplash showed up right at a point to get Tony to an emotional level and technological level. It's more uh, Harry Potter than it is anything yeah. else. Uh, so if like, Voldemort would have showed up in year one, everything would have been... If he had done the stuff he did in year five and year one, Harry would not have been emotionally capable of handling it. Yeah. Whiplash basically threw Tony Stark genius in his face and said, you did this in a cave, I did this in like poor-ass Russia. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Like, uh, <laughs> um, if he would have shown up in Iron Man 1, it would have been a distinctly different because Tony had not built half of the suits right. that he, he used in, in And two. he assumed that he was the genius. Like, there was nobody that could, quali to, that could get on his level. And then Whiplash shows up out of nowhere. Is Iron Man 2 a better plot for the first film? Uh, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting if, with Obadiah Stane if he had had to work with somebody like Whiplash to get the perfect reactor. But it wouldn't have the, the emotional impact to the viewer that watching him rip it out of his chest had. Oh, okay. So, it, there's pros and cons to both. Um, but that might have been something, instead of killing Obadiah Stane, having him come back in two and working with Whiplash instead of Hammer. Yeah. Um, that like makes he would have been imprisoned, but let's say the Ten Rings busts him out, something like that. Who knows? But yeah. Whiplash was all, was pretty much just designed to get Tony to a certain level. And that's what he did. And that's kind of where he's like just a fuck chart of powers and that's okay. Yeah. Um, because the story wasn't about the conflict with Whiplash. Whiplash was merely a means a to conduit get him to the next to to, to yeah. the next thing. I mean, no good is wrong, he is a fucktard with powers. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a I mean, when he returns at the end of that film, uh, yeah, as like, oh yeah, I still got the whips, but now I'm 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 Obadiah Stane. If I had whips as weapons, <laughs> power whips, power whips. Uh, uh, so I'll give it that. He's still a fucktar with powers, but I agree. I think it is it's directly proportional to what Tony had to to go through to get to where he's at. Right. So the the conflict at the end of it was just a was an addendum. It wasn't the point. Yeah. Uh, to the comp, to the movie. So, yeah. So um, uh, that rolls us into Thor. Yes. Um, so Thor, uh, pretty much Loki. Um, and this is Loki across the board. Right. This is so, why we don't have Loki broken up like five or six times. 
Uh, so yeah, so you have Loki, Thor, Loki, Avengers, uh, kind of Loki, Thor two, but not really. Yeah. Um. And then whatever that's going on with Loki and Ragnarok, but uh, Loki overall, um, especially with the way that you know. I think the plot wasn't as good as Tom Hiddleston played it. Agreed. Yes. Like he he sold us on that. I I'm doing this because I think that's what you would want when he's talking to Odin. And then Odin is such a douche <laughs> of <laughs> and a that, dad. That's what people don't realize. I mean, it's played by Anthony Hopkins and you know, he's got his nice moments, but Odin is a dick. Yeah. He's a massive dick. He's not a good dad. No, not at all. No, so... This is what you wanted, to destroy them. Right? It's like to destroy the for, Frost Giants. We've been fighting them for millennia. And I can I can kill them all. I just need, you just need to let me do it. Um, it's the Batman effect. Odin is Batman. <laughs> Odin will not kill the Frost Giants. I think it's it's about balance and about the fact that he didn't want to commit genocide. Loki, on the other hand, uh, apparently doesn't have that, uh, but that compunction against it. But like he sells you that he's he's not yeah. he doesn't believe what he's doing is evil. He's taking care of a threat and he's doing it to make his dad happy. And yeah. he's always been the younger. Um, of the two. Younger, I can't do anything to, to look good in your eyes, younger brother. Yeah. Um, and then you find out that... Uh, Everything he is is a lie. Right. Like, he was he was a kidnapped child, and nobody told him. And then, that, just to watch your world shatter like that? Yeah. Um, and then, when he reappeared in the Avengers, I would say he's the closest he probably comes to being a target with powers... Because that's kind of because the plot. That was the plot. Like we, he'd already introduced Loki. He'd already introduced his initial motivation. We were left to assume what got him from point A to point B, um, which I'm guessing is Thanos talked to him and said, "You want? Do you want to have your revenge? Sure. Here's here's this staff. It does stuff. Have fun." There's almost a part of me that was hoping that Loki would see. Thanos as an alternative father figure. Someone who was willing Ooh. to invest in him for what he felt was right. Which is, based on Thor's actions, and because I have ne I've never been able to do anything to make you proud, I can make this person proud by doing what they want. It's possible. I kind of wish they would go into that, not going to lie. Um, but I think, like I said, Avengers is the closest that he comes to that. But even then, like, his motivations were pretty clear. Like, I'm superior to all of you. I'm better, I'm even better than Thor. I can outsmart all of you. Yeah. Um, why not? And the only time he, like, underestimates somebody is, like, Black Widow and the Hulk. Yeah. Like. Well, uh, his belief was he could control. Everything. Everything. And that the Hulk was not a mindless beast. And his belief was that Black Widow was so damaged that he could break her at one point. Right. And then you see him in Thor 2. And even though he's the villain, he's he is planning something. Yeah. So Ragnarok, I'm interested to see where he falls. Because Thor 2, he's already aligned with Thor in some instance. I'm interested to see if they go that route again. Where is Loki going to land on this concept of, oh, because they, they have to almost address, well, no. Actually, let me rephrase. When Thor finally learns in Ragnarok what we assume is going to happen is that you guys are an experiment. You guys are not. If they go the way the comic books go. If they go the way the comic books go, Thor is going to reveal that the Asgardians were a celestial experiment and that every millennia or however long, they essentially get wiped out and restarted again. And yeah. Loki could feel detached from that by saying, but I'm not an Asgardian. But he's part of the cycle. Okay, because he's part of... In the comic books he is, but huh. we'll have to see how that goes. Like, uh... Apparently he goes to New York to find 
find their dad. To find Odin, for those which, of you guys who... Which he was pretending to be at the end of 2. Yeah, so I'm really confused. Yeah, I have no idea where they're going with that one. I thought I thought Loki killed him. So did I. So... I thought that was the thing, that he killed him, he, present, he was pretending to be Odin. Yeah, I thought he killed him. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. But if he banished him to Earth in the same Wouldn't way... Would it be funny went, if uh, Loki's pretending to be Odin, Odin's pretending to be Loki? Inception. Inception, yeah. <laughs> My guess is that Loki banished him in the same way that uh, he banished Thor. It's possible. Like I said, we're just going to have to wait for Thor Ragnarok. It's going to be November, which is going to be a long wait. Yeah. One year from now, if you're listening to this, Thor Ragnarok was... So we move on to the next video, uh, the next <laughs> film in the series. Um, Captain America. Captain America, the first Avenger. This starts... I'm I'm in my own little pool of people. Uh, this starts, in my opinion, what is the best trilogy, the best superhero trilogy done to date. I would say it is. Uh, I'll agree with that one. But it, the, if you count the three Captain America movies, um, I'd say Captain America 1 is probably the weakest of the three. But yeah, um because uh and again i think the the one that makes it tough is the villain like uh everything steve the i think they got the exposition pretty well the the pacing was pretty good um is this going to be controversial for people to hear where we have the villain oh where we have red skull yeah it might be for some people but uh i think we all we kind of both agreed he's a he's a fucktard with powers. red skull is a fucktard with powers um, um his moat so his motivation is, it's, it's weak. It's there, but it's pretty weak. And I mean, not, it's just I took a serum and now I think I'm better than everybody. Let's fight. It enhanced the worst part of me. Right, and then but they didn't go into who he was beforehand. They was like, well, I think we're supposed to assume because he was a Nazi that he's inherently bad. <laughs> that he's inherently evil. Um, which I mean might not be false. But, but it might not be true. But it might not be true. Like, we don't know what his worst qualities were. We have to assume that from what the serum did to him. Um, but, and we have to assume the doctor, because this is an untested serum. And then he's like, yeah, I gave it to him, and then suddenly it became bad. And he's like, well, what if this, you know, what if the serum actually turned him yeah. bad? Like, what if he was like... The untested, of... unfinished serum right. turned him evil. Uh, and so I was... But, I mean, we don't know. That's the thing. Like, they just kind of said... The interpretation is he's a Nazi. It's like, he's a Nazi. He drank a serum. It makes you it makes you better. And so, apparently, he became a better Nazi. Um, <laughs> to the point that he no longer wanted to be a Nazi. That he started his own right, subsect of the, Nazi Germany. The, the Hydra. Or, right, whatever. Uh, the, yeah. Hydra. So, uh, that's that's why I put him in the, in the fuck tower of powers. Is that we don't know why. Like, we don't know... There wasn't enough given to him. Only thing we know is that he took a serum. He he thinks he's better than everybody else. And he's I, I want to destroy the world. And ultimately, the bigger problem is his plan was no different than what Hitler's plan was, which is I want to dominate the world. Yeah. There was no, and they didn't go into it anymore. Like how, like they wanted to establish he was so different from Hitler. But he wasn't really that different from Hitler. No. Shield has gone into more of Hydra's motivation than uh, Captain America: The yeah. First Avenger did. Agents of Shield has gone into more motivation for a character, for uh, in the organization that he founded, than any anything else. Um, so, uh, and you're on um, Hugo Weaving's Red Skull was amazing. Yes. Like again, I'm I'm not Don't looking at wrong. this from the actor. Not the actor perspective. And I enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. Um, but it's got so many good lines. It's <laughs> I punch Hitler like <laughs> seven hundred times or whatever. Um, there's it's it's a great movie. Um, but Red Skull, as far as a villain goes, he's it's just, just, it's, just a bunch yeah. of powers. Again, you got to separate your comic book love for him. Yeah, like how with, much glory comes with with yeah. uh, with what we're talking about for this. Yeah, you um, got to separate it. 
So, but luckily, uh, one villain. Yeah, one villain. Which I can appreciate. Arnim Zola is in the movie, uh, which you will appreciate later, like down the road. Ah, that scene in Winter Soldier. Yeah. So good. Such um, it's so good. And I was, I, it's like I said, in my opinion, Captain America is the greatest superhero trilogy to have taken place. I would take that over the Dark Knight trilogy. If you took out Dark Knight Rises and put in, and you just copy and pasted Dark Knight, the Dark Knight again, I would say no. Yes. But yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, that's not the case. Put Rises in Could there, you imagine like, if they, if Christopher Nolan said, yeah, we're releasing a new film, The Dark Knight Rises, here's the trailer, and it's literally, it's the exact same movie. Just instead of Joker, you get Bane. Bane has the same lines. Exactly. It's, it's so much better. <laughs> Kali Al Ghul is... Do uh... you know how I got these scars? I want to smile. <laughs> the same movie, just with Bane. I like how we're doing Marvel. We're still ragging on DC. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, Out of the way. The next movie... The Avengers. Avengers. Arguably... The most popular movie out of all the movies. I would say yeah. Um, and it's only because it's the first time. It's the first grouping. It's the first time that we've done a, a multi-group superhero movie, and it was done successfully. Like, um, I mean, there's been kind of like the the other movies that have come out, like X-Men, you could argue. But those are those were all characters that were established within the movie. Yeah. This is the first time that we're taking characters from separate movies, or that are, and we're just going to throw them in a movie together and watch it work. The one thing I will say, because we've already talked about Loki as a villain and that he is a quality villain, the one thing I will say about that movie is that's the first movie that had an unapologetically bland plot, and they and it they didn't care. Yeah. Hey, this plot is not going to be what you thought it's it was. Uh, so you're going to have to live with it. Uh, but that's not what you came here for. So I think you'll all be happy. You're, you're going to be happy either way. Uh, the dialogue, the dialogue is what sells that. So, uh, the, the, he's adopted line. Yeah. Or there's only, there's, there's only it's like he's a god. He's like there's only one god. And he doesn't wear a yeah. cape. Sorry, ma'am. Um, there's only one god, and he doesn't wear a cape. Uh, things like that. Like, so yeah, the the plot wasn't great, but the uh, character portrayal and the dialogue yeah. was so on point, and the action scenes were so good. Yeah. Um, like no no one's gonna forget uh, Hulk whipping Loki around like a rag doll, or punching the giant uh, beast. Oh yeah. I'm bringing the party to you. Um, but no, Avengers, hands down, probably one of the more popular movies that they've done to date. Um, and that brings us to Iron Man 3. Arguably the one that people get the most angry about. Uh, yeah, that's probably the most visceral uh, reactions to an Iron Man movie. The, the two villains we have in that are one villain, really, is uh, Aldrich Killian. Yeah. Uh, otherwise known as Kind of the Mandarin. Um, uh, otherwise known as the Mandarin? Mandarin? Question mark? Um, <laughs> At the end? So, um, so here's, here's my first question. Um, are we taking... Uh, are we taking... Iron Man 3 into consideration if we are including the Hail to the King one-shot. Right, the, uh, where they establish that there actually is a Mandarin? Yeah. Um. Are we taking one into consideration? So, like, for example, when we talked about, for those of you who listened to the DC uh, episode, when we talked about Batman v Superman, we talked about the extended version. Taking into account the... Taking into account the extra footage and how it altered the storyline. Um, Lex was more of a... Of a... I guess you kind of have to. Applicable villain. I think you kind of have to because it's canon. Marvel Marvel made that canon because of the massive fan reaction to Trevor. Um, which... People love... Was, was my favorite part. 
Like, uh, that's the only part in that movie that surprised me. Yeah. Um, and I know that was Shane Black's intention for that character. He said, like, the only... There's so much established lore here that the only way I'm really going to surprise even comic book fans is to drastically change a plot element. And that was where he was like, what if the Mandarin wasn't... The Mandarin. The Mandarin. Um, and so he made you think you were going to fight the Mandarin through the entire movie and then it was just like, haha, JK, Killian. <laughs> um, and Aim. Uh, Again, I... Iron Man 3 is tough for me to get around. If, uh, because, not be, it's, and this is, this is a credit. Shane Black shouldn't take this as an insult. He did such a good job with Sir Ben Kingsley's Mandarin that that's who I wanted to be the villain. That's who I wanted. So it's not an insult. You did a really great job. You just didn't... You just didn't stick with it. <laughs> My biggest problem with the Mandarin is, like, if you go with, the, like, what people wanted was the comic book Mandarin. The comic book Mandarin's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he's almost as bad as Apocalypse in the new X-Men Yeah, movie. he's got ten alien rings that he took from a crashed spaceship. And each one allows him to manipulate an element or ability. Or, yeah. Right, so it's, he's the Mandarin. I was like, that's cute. So, and it probably should have thrown some people off to go... But if he has this power, like, why is he, like, fiddling around with terrorism? Right. So. <laughs> that should have been an immediate red flag. Um, I think there would have been a way to do it, but I get where they, like, I was fine with the red herring. I'm not fine with Aldrich Killian. Aldrich yes. Killian, Killian is a tard with powers. He, in his, its purest sense. And his, his entire motivation is, Tony Stark was mean to me. I, I can get powers. Let's f*** with Tony Stark. Yep. Um, Let's take his girl. Let's right? do all and that. His, uh, and then his power, like, none of what, it, and none of that made any sense. And then, um, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I have a deep abiding hatred for Aldrich Killian uh, because when his skin burns off, his tattoos regenerated. Yes. That makes no biological sense <laughs> because ink is... Ink blobs trapped by microphages underneath the skin. And then he burned his skin off. And then when it came back, the tattoos were still there. Yeah. And I was like, that's not how tattoos work. And I get it was for the visual. And we live in a te they live in a technological world that maybe... It works that way? ...to do something like that. But that just... that was I watched that scene happen, and I immediately disconnected. So, like... I was, I was just angry. And I know it's a little tiny thing. Um, but that's a small detail that, like, you gotta... That's an easy way to, to win people just as much as it's an easy way to lose people. Yeah. Like, if like even if his skin came back and parts of the tattoo were missing... Right, that's fine. I would have been down with that. But the fact that the whole thing came back un... un Perfect. Yeah. Exactly the way it was before. I was like, nope, sorry, not buying it. Um, and then I was... And, they, they had a huge chance to use AIM in an interesting way, like advanced idea mechanics. Um, but no, they were like, we're just gonna we're just gonna make a fuck tar with powers. And apparently, there was a lot more um, stuff going on with the female that was in the movie, the the woman that slept with Tony before. Yeah. Uh, and there was supposed to be a lot of stuff that happened with that that never got into the movie. That, oh wow! That from what I've heard would have made it much more interesting. Um. Well, yeah, but, because they uh, never... That was the big thing for me and the reason I didn't write, like Aldrich Killian was because his powers manifested differently than others. Like, he could projectile vomit fire as compared to the other guy who could just touch things. Or the girl who could just or the touch, girl, things, touch things and explode. Yeah, who could... Exp yeah, who could just touch things. So I, I don't understand why his his abilities have manifest unless my, the only thing I can think of was that he's been taking it longer, but I don't, I don't like, why not say that? Don't know. I think they wanted to give the dragon symbolism more. I don't know. Either way, he's just a fucked up power. He's yeah. like, he's not what's wrong with that. He's part of what's wrong with that movie. And I think if they had had a stronger villain, people would have forgiven the Trevor thing more. So if it was a transition to someone of much more,
Right, like if they had... If... Like whoever actually broke Trevor out of jail. Right, you know, that person. Could or you imagine if... if that person would have shown up, killed Aldrich Killian? Like, removed... This is what you get for repersonating me? Exactly. And then said, you know what, I might as well kill the president while I'm here. <laughs> you made all these promises, now you get to keep them. Uh, I have a heart. There's so many bad. The, uh... Also, my biggest problem with that is the president was kidnapped. Cool. Where's Where's Shield? Where's Shield? Where's Where's Captain America? Why is Why is no one doing Why is no one <laughs> doing, doing anything? anything? Where's Hawkeye? Why is Hawkeye calling in like, "Hey, do you guys need my help?" Uh, and that's the problem I have with a lot of movies. But you know, but that movie is more prevalent than others. Like it's much more prevalent than others. Like it would have been on the news. The president got kidnapped. She, somebody would have called somebody. Yeah, Captain America would be there. It's no, just, he would just yeah, he would be there. Kind of oh like, no, he's looking for Bucky. No, he would be there. But he doesn't know about Bucky at this point, does he? Oh no, not based on the chronological no, order. No, he wouldn't have known he's, yet. He's just hanging out in Washington D.C. in an apartment, uh, running laps around uh, Falcon. Yeah. Because, Sam yeah, Wilson. that wouldn't have happened yet. Thor The Dark World would have happened next. next. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, fucked hard with powers. Aldrich Killian. Almost an insulting. Not yeah. quite acceptable. Not quite unacceptable. But it's almost an insulting Tony Stark was mean to me. Yeah. And then, now I now I have powers, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck him up. Yeah. Um, it's not quite unaccessible. So if you did like a Venn diagram and you had fucktards with powers and your subsection of unacceptable, he would be that blend for me. That, I mean, that I just, blended area of just... So we'll say that would offset the uh, the abomination and it's okay point. Okay, so now they're, they're back at 76%. Yeah, now. All right. Uh, but yeah, Thor the Dark World. Uh, Malekith. So I was going to say, I don't know if anyone ever even remembers the bad guy's name. Because uh, I have to remind people a whole bunch, but it's it's Malekith and that's, the Dark Elf. Yeah, the Dark Elf. Um, that movie I think uh, was fraught with a whole bunch of people that didn't want to be there. Yeah, um, I one hundred percent agree with that, and you could tell too. Yeah, like and, in the movie, you can you can just see it the way people were acting their parts. Yeah, just, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston were about the and um, shoot the guy who, who was a Doctor Who Malekith. Um, can't remember, remember his name, but no. those guys—they were about the only ones that seemed like they kind of wanted to be there. Um, like I, I love seeing Loki playing around with Thor, like the yeah. the shape shifting scene with the cameo from Chris. Evans. Oh yeah, um, that's a great scene, by the way. It is. It's great because that's a scene where you can feel like everybody that's there wants to be there. Um, but there's only two of them on screen, right? So it's it's kind of there's easy. your everybody, yeah. right? Everybody that wants to be here is here. Um, but yeah, Malekith, uh, he was a dark elf. Dark elves don't like you. and so <laughs> Period. And, End of discussion. Right, that's it. And then they're like, okay, so he gets the Aether and he's just going to fuck everything up. Yeah. Done. To me, that feels like a movie to waste an Infinity Stone on. I felt like it was they, they shoehorned an Infinity Stone in there. They were like, well, we kind of need to do another Thor movie. That'd be a good opportunity to introduce an Infinity Stone. Let's just pop this one in there and then have... Um, Malekith ends pretty much the exact same way Ronan the Accuser does, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, well, not in the same way. Uh, uh, Thor uses the, um, the, uh, seismograph pikes. That's right. To, like, stab him in place. And then the ether transports him back to the Dark World. Uh, and then the ship crashes on him as that goes back through the through the portal, um, the invisible portal. I just remember like there was that swirling vortex. In yeah, the... so the, he swirls the the ether is a shape shifting material. Right, and that just reminds me a lot of the swirling thing that was happening with Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, I was like, ah, okay, fine. Um, so we'll get to D him in a moment. DC has the beam of lights. Marvel has Marvel the has the vortex. swirling vortex of whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but no, Ma Malekith is, it's almost funny how disappointing he is. I'm not even insulted by how disappointing he is. He's just flat out like, it's funny. Yeah, it's... Because he's just, it's, it's almost like, 
I'm evil because I'm supposed. It's parallax, essentially. Yeah, he's like, I'm a, I'm a bad guy. My species is a bad guy, so we're bad. So we're period. End of discussion. Checkbox. Which again, all of that, everything that Thor has done wrong would be fixed if it turns out it's a celestial experiment. Oh, and they're all pre-programmed for it. Exactly. Oh, okay. well, the dark elves are supposed to be bad. So if if Thor meets up with the celestial and. And they're talking to him. They're like, "Oh, yeah, the dark elves. Yeah, we we program that them that way. That's why they're, they're always going to be bad. That's why they're fucktards and powers. Yeah. If we, we re- funny. if we reset, they're going to be bad. They're always going to be bad. It's never going to change. Like I would, I would one hundred percent forgive Thor too, if that's the case." <laughs> It's a really long setup to justify it. It but is, yeah. but I would I would forgive everything Thor two did. I can agree with that. If it turns out, yeah, it's an experiment. Um, so yeah, that's that's Malekith. He's just a fucked up with powers. There's really there's nothing I can say about his motivation or what he did or why he was doing what he was doing. Like yeah. I'm sure it's there, kind of. Like nobody does anything to be evil unless again they're programmed by the Celestials to do it. To do it. Um, but. Like, if they're just created, like, I, I agree. I would completely forgive Malekith if they were just like, yeah, we programmed, the, programmed them to not like you. In the same way as Guardians uh, uh, expand the universe through technology and magic, Dark Elves are evil. <laughs> yeah, they're just bad. That's how we made them. There had to be a balance. Period. All right. Thor 2, guess what? You've been fixed. That Rotten Tomatoes would re- review would go right up. <laughs> Thor 2 is a 92. The movie's awful, but Thor 3 fixes everything. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just is. Um, so yeah, Thor the Dark World Malekith fucktard with powers. Can I mention something real quick? Because right in the middle of this is the highlight of when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gets good. Where they get into like the Tahiti project and, and all that okay, stuff. Okay, yeah. So for those of you listening, if you're looking for a point to start watching Agents of Shield, it's post the events of Thor: The Dark World. That's when the show kicks into gear. Uh, now it's unrelated, and it's irrelevant. It's not canon. Because it's not canon. But if you're looking for a good starting point, that's your starting point. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Arguably, in my opinion, one of the better movies that they've um, done. Agreed. Um, I think this is the the start of when we stopped having superhero movies mm-hmm. that had movie plots, and we went to movies, movie genres that had superhero elements. Yeah. So, like, this is a spy thriller that just happens to star a superhero. Yeah. The um, Russo bro- This is where the Russo brothers. I didn't think Marvel could get higher than where they were. This was that upper level yeah, of this is, yeah, this is how you make Marvel movies better. You just make regular movies that happen to have, that happen to have superheroes in it. Done. Period. Um, um, and I really appreciated that. So I agree. This is probably one of my favorite ones. Um, and I think where we start seeing a massive, like a really like shift to the quality villains, like yeah. consistently good. Um, because they're written in, they're they're not written in to be in a comic book movie. They're written in to fit into a movie that just so happens to have comic book elements in, in it. it. Um, so, two villains, I guess technically, two and a supporting villain, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, Arnim Zola being your supporting villain because he's been dead for. 50 years. He wasn't really a villain in that one. He was just, he was more of a distraction. Yeah. He just showed up and it was just like, well, it was a computer. Yeah. He's like, but that, that computer scene, like as soon as the computer booted up and then you, I heard his voice and I was like, that's such a good way of doing Arden Zola. Yes. Instead of being a giant head on a TV screen on a walking body, he just transfers himself from computer to computer. And just rows of rows of rows of like 1950 server farms. Ah, it made me so happy. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that's such a good way of doing Zola. Yeah. Um, I was, that That was the first time, like, I, lo- I get, the round of applause was for the director. 
because I went, you had to have thought. That's something you think out. And that ultimately is what I want from a director. I oh, just yeah. want to know that you thought this out. Yeah. Hey, if we put Arnim Zola in there because we had him in the first film and we want to have him deliver this plot point that Hydra's been inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, we can't have him as an entity. He's got to be something that Captain America just can't touch. Yeah. Well, uh, what if we put his consciousness in, in a machine? Okay, but it would have to be a machine from, like, the 1970s. Okay, so what if it was a server farm? Well, based on processing power, it would have to be a lot of servers in the right. server farm. Okay, so we'll do that. Like, it's a thought process. You don't just stop at the point you're on. You think about the consequence of it. So good. And it's such a good point. Um, Arnim Zola, like... I really wish he had been the villain. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, at the end of the movie, you just walk into a room... And he was like, didn't you blow up in that server farm? He's like, no, I can transfer no, no, no. from place to I, place. Yeah. It, but, you know, it's, I like that one. It's my old body. It's, it's yeah. where I'm comfortable. Uh, and then Howard, just... Howard Stark wasn't the only person to sell secrets to another country. <laughs> if you uh, thought Jarvis was one thing. <laughs> right? Uh, but, man, I, uh, I loved, I loved Arnazola, and I really wish he was actually the villain, but he's more of a distraction. Yeah. He's, an, he's a plot element. Um, and he's a beautiful, crazy, beautiful, crazy, like homage to the comic books element, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but your true villains are yeah. the, Alexander Pierce, yeah, um, Robert Redford. Uh, this is another one where I have to detach myself from the love of the actor. Uh, like I really like yeah. Robert Redford, um, but I again quality like his motivations were clear. I'm I work for Hydra, and then like the. I felt like earlier on when he was talking, like he legitimately believed, like he seemed like he could be a, a good guy. Yeah. Um, and then they, but I believed it when he flipped. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a Trevor. But that's the thing. Arnim Zola's reveal makes each subsequent revelation so much more impactful. Oh yeah. So when Arnim Zola goes, yeah, Hydra's been in charge for the last 60 years. We've just been here. When Alex when it's revealed that Alexander Pierce works for Hydra, my favorite moment, if you go back and watch the film, is when Captain America's giving the speech in the Triskelion over the intercom and uh uh Alexander Pierce is with the World Council and and uh Captain America says um uh, Alexander, even Alexander Pierce works for Hydra. And Pierce literally just looks around the room and he goes, hmm. <laughs> like, just, just, huh. Like, just a, just a nod. That's all he did. But it's the, it's that exact moment of going, oh shit, he actually does work for Hydra. Oh, oh hell. And so, like, it, I, I never thought I would see the day that Robert Redford would be in a Marvel movie. But he was, and he was great. Yeah. No, he's like, and sadly, he's not even a fuckchart with powers. He's, he's not, he, yeah, he's got like, no, no powers. He, he, even if he was a fuckchart, he, he has no powers. He's, he's just one of the heads of Hydra. That just so, so like, and if you watch Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. establishes, yeah, there's like eight heads of Hydra, and once Alexander Pierce dies, they vie for his position, essentially. Um, but, I mean, like, he was the right-hand man. Like, yeah. He, I believe the relationship between him and, uh, and Samuel Nick, Jackson. And Nick Fury, yeah. Like, Nick Fury, like, it, it felt... You're gonna get uh, Iron Man for my birthday, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or for my daughter's birthday. Right. Like, I 100% believed it. And when Artem Zola revealed it, I was like, I have no idea who works for Hydra until they tell me. Right. It could be anybody. So. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. So Alexander Pierce, really good. Uh, and then the second one, um, Winter Soldier, uh, otherwise known as Bucky Barnes. Yeah. Um, they, re they rebuilt him. They have the technology. Stronger, better, faster than he was before. <laughs> um, again, uh, they established it well, that it was a thing that's been happening. Mm-hmm. And then the reveal that it was Bucky. I mean, anybody who read the comic books, we all kind of knew it was coming. Um, uh, 
and I'll admit Winter Soldier is probably one of my least favorite comic book moments because I used to point at two people that would stay dead. Like anybody can come back in comic books. It was like, but they will kill Jason Todd and Bucky, and Bucky Barnes. They, Every time. They've killed them and they've stayed dead. And then they came back within like a year of one another. <laughs> Red Hood, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Both as villains. Yep. Uh, and they both came back. And I was just like, no. No. Okay. But uh, going away from that, I what he was doing, why he was doing it, it all made sense. Uh, I, I think you could, you could say like... You have to read in from first movie to now to really get why he isn't a fucktard with powers, but... Um, he does have some fucktardian qualities, though. Right, well, I mean, he just kind of fights. Yeah. Um, but it's the it's the emotional investment that we had with him, because, again, we're looking at it from... You have to look at the character from... When up until time, now. Up until then, and then that's that emotion that you have with him from movie one. Like, when you find out that's Bucky Barnes... Like, early part where he's just running around shooting people, that's fucked hard powers. Yeah. But as soon as it, you're, like, you're like, oh, fuck, that's Bucky Barnes. Yeah. And then they go into, like, he's been brainwashed and all of this crap. He's been programmed. And you're like... Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. It's I think up. it's interesting because the same way we looked at, um, like, Scarecrow for all three movies, the same way we looked at certain villains for their entirety. There is, there is a moment where the reason I have the winter soldier as a quality villain is almost because of the events of civil war as well, because you learn that the, the, the book that a villain we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, Baron Zemo uses or the, the brainwashing tool that Alexander Pierce has when he's in the chair and they wipe his mind. So much of who he is is not him. Yeah. That I think that there's a little... there. He's one of the only villains that has that sympathetic attitude that the viewer has towards him. Oh, yeah, that moment he wakes up and he's like, what I do? Exactly. Or the moment where uh, he openly acknowledges how... that his mind is going to get erased. And so as he starts to get out of it in Winter Soldier, uh, Pierce goes, wipe his mind again. And even Bucky kind of looks at everyone and he takes the leather strap and he puts it in his mouth himself because he knows this is who he is now. There's almost an open acknowledgement of who he is. And I think that makes him so much more of a quality. It's so much more believable. Right. It, the powers don't necessarily define him. What he's been through has defined him. And I think that that makes him so much more enjoyable in Winter Soldier. When you take it with it. Like, going back and watching it is twice as fun. Ah. I'll have to rewatch it then. Yes. Go, at, knowing what you know in Civil War, go back and watch Winter Soldier. It's so much more enjoyable. Okay. Um, knowing what you know. But yeah, so again, that is the Captain America. That's the end of the Captain. Uh, no, it's not. I like one more Captain America. We got movie. one more Captain America. This brings us to. <laughs> I almost said Jardians. <laughs> the, the the GIF. Uh, the, oh oh, it's a GIF. Maybe you saw the number one blockbuster film in the box office, Jardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the movie that took a lot of people by surprise. Um, I. They did what the Avengers did without setup movies. It took five characters no one should give a shit about and made you love them. Yes. Um, and that's and that I say I mean that proves what DC's trying to do could work, um, but uh, you really have to sell us on it. And Guardians did that, and I think that's again because it wasn't a comic book movie; it was a space opera yep. that had that had comic book characters in it. Um. So, and that's that's what makes that movie work. And, I, and like I said, I think Winter Soldier is the first start where we're like, we can't write comic book movies. We have to write movies yep. that have comic book stuff in it. But this also, this, this proved to me that, that Marvel was thinking about who was helming their films. That it wasn't just a, oh, we're going to give it to Joss Whedon. 
every single time. The Russo brothers was the start of that. We're going to give the entire Captain America trilogy to the the Russo brothers. Build this. And that's what they did. And this this proves now, oh, we're not just going to give it to a Whedon. They gave it to James Gunn. And and he did an amazing job. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah, for for his first film in the universe. Um, So now it's a matter of, okay, for each director... Each one is is doing something that is that is outstanding, and they're doing a whole trilogy with it. You know, it's not like Zack Snyder in in DC where he's gonna helm the main movies. You know, uh, I mean, the Russo brothers are doing the Infinity War. Feige's not doing it, so they're entrusting the guys who did the best, in my opinion, the best movies, to do their apex movie. Uh, so, so it's. Uh, and I think this also shows that you can make a really knock it out of the park movie and still have a pretty fucking lackluster villain. Yes. Um, Ronan the Accuser falls into fucktard with powers. Yes. And uh, and that reason being is like the only thing we know about him is that he's a xenophobe asshole. Yeah. Uh, and he's got my a hammer. species is racist as fuck. Right. <laughs> um, again, I think the. Uh, um, Shield has done more to give us the motivation on the Kree than a movie with a Kree villain in it. Um, so, or one individual Kree. One individual Kree. So, uh, the movie great. Um, I think Ronan the Accuser almost fits into acceptable. Uh, fuck Tardian. because he's a pawn. Uh, because he did what he was. He kind of did what he was intended to do, which was just to be a xenophobic asshole. My only problem is that they kept hinting at more. Like, they kept being like, yeah, there's there's this Kree species, and they do this stuff, and like they kept hinting at elements and then not delivering. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, the Kree are really cool. Ronan's really, like, like, why is he doing what he's doing? Well, he's a xenophobic asshole. Why is he a xenophobic asshole? Why are the Kree that way? And you could have fixed that with a little bit of dialogue, but they kept hinting at that there was this deeper meaning behind, potentially there was a deeper thing behind it just Instead of just being a xenophobic asshole, but yeah. if he's just a xenophobic asshole, then he's a fucktard of powers. Yeah, agreed, hands down. I mean, it just he just is. Even the moment where he, like, I I really wanted him to not be anything other than a fucktard with powers. But even when he threatens Thanos, yeah, he goes, "Oh, I know what this is now, and I know that you want it, so I'm just not gonna give it to you." And Thanos is like, yeah, I'm going to bathe the Starways in your blood. That one line makes Thanos a better villain yeah. <laughs> than anything Ronan did. Uh, and I, and I, they were like, I, it's like, oh, he can hold the stone. Cool, why? Yeah. Like, how did he survive the stone? Is he just that big of a xenophobic asshole? The stone was just like, I don't even want anything to do with him. Yeah. I don't know. Right? Who the fuck knows? But that's the problem. I don't, I don't know. Um, we're left to interpret. Correct. And in some cases, that's okay. And in this case, not. Um, so I still say he's a fucked up powers. Yeah. Um, the other kind of, you know, our supporting villain in that, Nebula. Um, Does she stay supporting because of who she's going to be in the next film? We'll have to see. We'll have to see how big of a role she has in the next film. Um, I liked, I, li- I really, I liked Nebula. Like, they actually kind of went into the motivation why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. It, w- it would have been very it's very easy. Loki-esque. Yeah. It would have been very easy to leave her in the fucktard with powers range. Just yeah. that, like, Nebula's in here and she fights stuff. Um, but there was some nice dialogue between her and Gamora that really underscored why she does what she does. And so I would put her in the, the quality villain. I mean, there's kind well, of... not to mention, she was gen... She's almost... She's disrespectful in a way, but you can tell she's genuinely afraid of Thanos. Right. That's why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah. It's the abuse that she suffers, she doesn't she doesn't want to deal with. Yeah. So because so. she's been rebuilt so many times. And they kinda hint at it, like she's been rebuilt because of the abuse that Thanos is she she is not his favorite daughter. The more it is. Um yeah. so an interesting, interesting thought nonetheless.